4: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick
3: Maher on VSN. Lombardi Line, as we welcome you back on a it's spooky season, Halloween. Happy Halloween to everybody. Hope you had a nice weekend. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. So all the bets are on Cincinnati tonight, yet we're still seeing threes. Uh, you heard Thomas Gable over at the Borgata mention that a bunch of shops on the East Coast are going to three and a half with Cincinnati. But, Michael, you said it perfectly earlier today. If you want to bet the Bengals, you can lay three. If you want to bet the Browns, you can take the three and a half. And that's what you suggested for tonight as far as one of your official plays. Take the three and a half with the Browns heading into the bye.
4: You know, and I think the Browns are going to play good tonight. I really do. I mean, they've been in all these games. They haven't been a very good home team. You know, they haven't they haven't played well at home. And they have to start playing. I mean, they're two and five at the, on the season right now. And you know they had the win in Carolina opening weekend, right? They come back, they lose the game to the Jets, they beat Pittsburgh by 12 at home, and 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 you know, play well against Pittsburgh and then since then they've lost to the Chargers and the Patriots at home this is time. You know, you should have a home field advantage. It's a, it's a sun it's a Monday night game. The crowd's going to be into it and you can run the football against this team and you've got to be able to run the ball but you can't do what you did against New England, which is turn it over. The other thing you can't do is it, when I give you these turnover numbers by by Cleveland, I don't count the dumb decisions in the turnovers because we don't obviously we don't have that. When you give the ball up on downs like they do in Cleveland all the time, you know, then then you, they don't count in the stats. But in the last three weeks, they've turned the ball over seven times, and that doesn't even count the endless times they've given the ball. The Chargers they lose by two. They give the Chargers the ball at the 25-yard line and say, here, here's three free points. It's like yesterday at the Jet game. I didn't mention this to Zach Wilson after he left the office, but, yo, Zach, do you realize that that the Patriots scored six points? We lost by five. They scored six points and didn't get a first down to get any of those six points.
3: By the way, if you are talking to Zach Wilson, keep him away from Millie, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. sorry. That she- was.
4: She would kill him. She would destroy him.
3: <laughs> she would chew him up, man. No, she would be me. so
4: pissed off at him for being such a, a such a not paying attention. Oh my god.
3: Hey, by just as an aside because she's the best. How does Millie take it when you have a Sunday like that where Matt's t- I mean just a brutal loss for Matt and then I mean it's easier like you said for Vegas, but that's just not easy as a mom.
4: Well, I mean it isn't, you know, and 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 yet, you know, she under you know, she's been around it so long that she gets that We didn't play very good, and you got to go on to next week as the Raiders. the The hard one was the Panther one because it's right there, and you know, and we're sitting there, and you know, there's so much Mm. going on that that win could have propelled them, could have propelled their season. I mean, they've had two of those games. They lose Cleveland, and they lose that game. You know, they're two and six, but those two games, they're four and four. They're not a bad. I keep saying this to people. They're not a bad team. They're not. They didn't get quarterbacking play in the first couple weeks of the season, and that was the big problem. But, you know, in the last couple weeks where they have gotten quarterbacking play, you know, I think if they go back and play the Rams, I mean, they haven't turned the ball over very much. They've turned it over twice in the last three weeks, you know, and so they, they've actually th- – they threw the ball for 309 yards, Patrick. You add the last two weeks up, Tampa and the Rams, and they didn't throw it for 200, 300 yards. I mean, this was their best performance offensively. They had 23 first downs in the
3: game. 100%. The I was so dialed in. There's two games the Vegas game in Kansas City and the Carolina game yesterday. I, I was just, uh, anyway. I, I, okay. So the I mentioned if you took the Lions catching four, you pushed, but most shops maybe three and a half. So you lost the Lions a 34. Let me just get this. Uh, sorry, it froze up 31 27 31 27. They just fired the Lions. Just fired their defensive uh, back coach Aubrey Pleasant, so he's the scapegoat for a secondary that doesn't have a ton of talent and, and banged up, whatever. But here's the deal: Lions are up fourteen nothing. They scored twenty-seven points in the first half. Do you realize they scored nothing in the second half? They've been outscored forty-eight to nothing in the second half over the past three weeks. This team is a freaking dumpster fire right now. It's defensively. Well, I mean, I talk- worse.
4: I talked about it on the pod. I mean, the organization is a dumpster. I mean, they don't know what they're doing. They have Rob Wood running the team. He's never run a football team in his life. He's an executive from the motor company. I mean, so they're bringing him over. Like, who's solving the problems in the building? They brought Chris Spielman in because Wood loves Spielman, loved him as a player. But what, what expertise is he adding to tell the coach what he needs to do? I mean, it's really kind of embarrassing. It's embarrassing, the whole thing. And, and, and they're not good enough talent wise they don't even know who they are they, they got a quarterback who you and I both know when the game's tighter now we're in a cold season now we're in the cold and flu season <laughs> he's not going to play very well right I mean so like what are we going to do here i mean like at some point you got to solve the pro- fix the problems right you had an all off season to fix your defensive problem which drives me crazy you fire this coach you just came off the bye week. Like, if he was so bad two weeks ago, why didn't you fire him then? Did he just get bad two weeks now? Like, I mean, why didn't you fire him in the offseason? You know, all I've heard about is, all oh, they got all these ex-players, players, ex-players no better than anybody else. Come on. They're they're horrendous on defense. The, the, do you realize the lot, they were 8 for 12 on third down Miami? Let me just give you the fourth quarter. Let me give you the fourth. I, I gave you the Thank fourth you. quarter last week, right? The fourth quarter last week was three fumbles and an interception. They're they're 10-6, ball on the one-yard line, easy cover for them. They they lose 24-6 to Dallas. Yesterday, they had 15 plays in the fourth quarter, four first downs, no points. They lost the game. They did not score in the second half. They they went into halftime up 27-17 they're playing at home they have a they had a 14 point lead at home and couldn't do anything with it
3: yeah yeah keep going you could just keep going i mean it's really i the, mean it's
4: just the, i don't know how you bet them i really don't i don't i don't know how you bet i don't know how you sit there and say you know they're going to turn this around i mean green bay's going in there this week you know i i mean if it's under a 5 point bet i think you got to take green bay green bay's going to go in there run the ball on them You'll say, well, they'll move the ball on Green Bay. Probably, but, you know, they, they'll play Green Bay tough. They always do. But at some point, the strategy of the game plan, the strategy of everybody looks at Sunday as the problem. Sunday's not the problem. Sunday's the result of the problem. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, thats those are the problems. There's no strategy involved. I mean, you're bad on defense, right? So you got to control the football. You've got to be really good on third down. You know, you've got to be able to say we're going to play less defense. No, not them. They play 31 minutes of defense. There's no rhyme or reason to anything they do.
3: The Ford family is, and you know, the Ford family, it's honestly, William Clay back in the day, it, they're they're nice people. They're loyal people. They're going to be loyal to Dan Campbell. You know this. They've always been loyal to coaches. So you go back to Wayne Fonts when he was floundering at the end. They gave him more time. They're, they're a pretty loyal bunch. They're going to give Dan Campbell – they gave Patricia two and a half seasons. They're going to give Campbell do you another realize, season.
4: Do you realize, Patricia's? I saw this online today. Has a better win percentage than Dan Campbell after twenty four games, and the and for as bad as Matt was, Matt's average loss in those twenty four games was by five points. I think Campbell's up to ten. Like it's 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 staggering. They got worse. And all they did was dump on Matt. All they did is dump on Matt. And I'm not saying Matt was good enough. I mean, I'm not saying that. But they doubled down on bad. Like, they went from bad to bad because they're getting people who are making – they brought Chris Spielman in. Like, he's going to really help them. Like, I get he played, right? I get he's a tough guy. I get he's Mr. Ohio. I get all that stuff. He's never been a GM. He's never understood how to build a team. Like, he's never understood any of that. They hire a college scout to be their general manager. Who's going in to tell Campbell, here's what we gotta do? Like there's no expertise in the building. They have none. Rob Wood?
3: Rod you, Wood's their know, expert. Do you, do, you, I mean, do, you, do you know Rod Wood is the president? Do you know what Rod Wood did before this? He was an executive at Ford. No football background. Right that, none.
4: No same thing with Chuck Schmidt. When Chuck Schmidt was there, <laughs> they hire people, they think it's Ford Motor Company, like let's design a new Bronco or let's design a new car. Like, somebody's got to know what we're doing. There's no quality control within the building. Hey, Dan, you could talk all this tough guy stuff you want. If you don't intellectually stimulate these players, you're going to lose them. You don't make good decisions during the game. Fire Anthony Lynn. Make him the scapegoat. Fire Pleasant. Like, come on, give me a break. You've scored, basically, you played the Miami Dolphins. You had a 27-14 lead at the half. And you can't even get another point? I mean, I'm watching that game say 27-14, you know, I mean, this game's got a chance to get to the, you got to get to 40 to win it.
3: So you brought up the name Chuck Schmidt, just quickly an anecdote. So those that don't know, Chuck Schmidt was a longtime general manager, 80s, 90s, into the early 2000s, I believe with the Detroit Lions and the Ford family was so loyal to Chuck Schmidt. I went to high school with his daughter, I had a crush on his daughter, I went over to his house. I sat down and I said, what are you going to do about the defensive backs? The guy, (laughs) I was like literally grilling Chuck Schmidt about his team because he had such bad drafts and he was, he was, he was not a big fan of me, but that gives you an idea. Like he just hung around with that job because the Ford family is so loyal and now they've got this front office set up with friends and Rod Wood from Ford and now Dan Campbell because he talks a good game. It's just it's an organization that's won one playoff game since nineteen fifty seven. Think about what I'm telling you. Across the four majors, there isn't a, a more putrid organization in all of sports. It's and it's a close.
4: great city for football. It's a tremendous city for football. And, and 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 the owner, she says she's you know, she's not gonna be you know, like there's a difference to being patient. Like to me, Matt Rule lost his job in year three. Like this Panther team was better than he got. Now they don't have a quarterback. So you they fired him for not a quarterback, where are the Lions better?
3: The the silence you hear is cuz they're not. It's it's they're just bad. It's and and him standing up there, Campbell standing up there and say, "This one's on me. This one's on me." Uh, they're yeah, all on him. Or <laughs> or not today though. It was on the defensive backs coach. He's the one that got thrown under the bus. Aubrey Pleasant fired there with the Lions. Okay teams that are going the other way a good direction the Giants and the Seahawks we haven't touched on that that game from yesterday I want to hear what you took from it it's a feel-good story about Geno Smith let's be it's really is we'll come back and discuss that and Pritch is coming up
1: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
2: Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin, from the Fade This podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: You're listening to
4: The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now
3: once again, here's Patrick Maher. Hey, we got a college coach fired. I'll get to that in a second. VSIN subscriber benefits include... If you become a VEASAN pro, I should say, you get the pro tools, pro picks, pro tips. You get everything we offer for $99 through the Super Bowl. Honestly, it's a tremendous deal. It's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Become a VEASAN pro. Become part of the team. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Go check it out right now. Brian Harson has been fired at Auburn. Six and seven year one, three and five so far in year two, and he was let go. Just a disastrous marriage from the start. Never made any sense. Yep. He was in a good spot at Boise. He goes to Auburn. Michael, you can explain it better. People don't realize Auburn is just as passionate about their football as Alabama. I mean, th- like that yeah, is that's... a school that is so oh, passionate. More... That made no sense.
4: I mean, look, let's face it. Auburn has fought, fired two coaches who have won national champions for him, Gene Chitsick and, and, and Gussie. Gussie Malzon. I mean, so this is how their expectations are. National, their expectations are the same level as Georgia, the same level as Ohio State. They've got a ton of money. You know, Jimmy Rain, the, the owner of Yellowwood, he's their – they always they, – in, in, the, in the South, there's certain guys that run football programs or the basketball program. At Auburn, Jimmy Rain runs that football program. They wanted to hire Kevin Steele. They couldn't get that in the program when they fired Gussie. And they brought in a guy from the outside. And when you bring in somebody from the outside into a culture like Auburn, there's no chance. There's no chance. That's why Auburn was a really good play this year. We gave it out this summer about the under total for their wins. It was never going to happen for them. And so, you know, now they go searching. Will they try to fire hire Matt Rule? I don't know. You know, does Matt Rule fit them? Does, Does he fit? You know, where do they go? They're not going back to Kevin Steele. They're going to need to get some kind of offense, but you need to get somebody that Auburn can fall in love with. I mean, go back to the Pat Dye days, right? That's mm. that's the last guy that they really have loved the most. And you got to challenge. And to, to me, if I'm the AD at Alabama, at Auburn, i got to find somebody who can challenge Nick intellectually and in work ethic. See, I, I think what gets lost a little bit in college football, and I know people don't say, I think the work ethic by some guys, I'm not saying all of them, I think a lot of them work, but I think the work ethic gets a little shortened. And I think—and what do I mean by that? They don't spend as much time on recruiting. They don't study the tape on the college kids. They don't manage their department. They kind of become the CEO without putting in the labor, whereas the guy up north in, in, in Tuscaloosa, he's doing that. So you better find somebody who's willing
3: to do that. It's also grass is greener warning for people in life. Like, you're in a great spot in Boise. Great program. You're winning games. You can stay there as long as you want if you're Harson. But you take the big step to the SEC in a storied f- program like Auburn, and it just, it, you know, a year and a half in, you're out. You got to move your family, yeah, well, you know, a lot. Look, Bo
4: Jackson is putting the heat on to hire Dion there at Auburn. I mean, it's a full-fledged, full-court Bo Jackson. I am the greatest Auburn player, which he is. I want Dion. We'll see what happens. I mean, I think that's certainly some name to look at down there. Because, look, one thing Dion has proven at Jackson State is he can walk into any living room, and he can get in the same commercials as Nick Saban. And so, you know, that gives you a little cachet. So it would not surprise me if Auburn went in that direction. But if you if you hire Dion now, and and I think Dion knows this as well as anybody. You got to hire the right staff to go with them.
3: Dion's going to get. He's going to have his pick. He's going to get a big time job. It'll be interesting to see where he lands because he's just. He really is. What's impressive about what Dion's done is he's embraced whatever all this newness is, right? Social media and just like he relates to the players, and there is there is something. There's a significant buzz about get, him as a as a big time coach.
4: Uh, give him credit right with coordinators. Uh, give, him, with coordinators. give him credit. He, he you know, Bill Walsh always said, if you want to be a head coach, go be a head coach. Right? Now, I said this when, when Eric Bienemi turned down the Colorado job, and everybody said, Well, that's he shouldn't have to wait for the Colorado. He should be get a better job. No, Bill Walsh should have got a better job than the Stanford job. He took the Stanford job because he wanted to be a head coach. And and give Dion tons of credit here. Dion Sanders said, I want to be a head coach. He tried like hell to get the Arkansas job. The Arkansas AD, I think, wanted to hire him, but it just couldn't get him over the hump, right? And so he took the Jackson State job. Not great facilities, no money. I mean, watch the 60 minutes portfolio on him. It was outstanding. I mean, he 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 walked in there, he understood the limitations, and he and he enacted it. It's a little bit like when Lou Holtz first got the Notre Dame job. They called Lou Holtz in the office and they said, Hey Lou, here's the deal. We're not a football university. Don't come in there asking for better facilities. Don't come in there asking for guys to get into school that are qualified. You know we're gonna. We're academics is first. Where the, the tradition is here. We expect you to win. But don't come looking for things. Okay, you know the rules of engagement. You know the rules of engagement. Now go play the game. That's what Dion did. So he deserves to get one of these jobs. I mean, he went in there, put his put put his reputation on the line. He took the Jackson State job. He wasn't scared, and he now he's won. So now they got a new AD, right? So you know John Cohen, who's from Mississippi, I think he's Mississippi State. He becomes the AD. Will he have the 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 authority to hire a guy? I think he's going to have a lot of pressure from those alums.
3: I'd I, look. He's recruited at Jackson State. Think about what he can do at Auburn. I mean, I'd I, like that is that would be a fat. You know what? It'd be good. For? It'd be good for college football. It'd be fun. Deion on a big time program across the street from Nick Saban. Damn.
4: Oh, I I think what they'll do is I could see it. Kevin Steele will come back as a defensive coordinator. You know, I, I mean, if they give it to him, there's going to have to be here's who we want for offense. You know, here's who we want for defense, and you you want this. I mean, I could see. You know, if not, they'll go, maybe they go back to Red Hall, who was there during the Gussie Malzone. He's at SMU now. I mean, we'll see what they do, but they got to find somebody. They have to find somebody that speaks their language, right? That s- understands what they do. Would they go hire You know, one thing about these college jobs, Patrick, you can go from Mississippi, you can go to Auburn. Like, there's nobody keeping you from those places, right? So they can ha- they can pick anybody that they want.
3: They already do. I, I just thought about this. Dion and Nick Saban already do the Geico commercials together. They're, exactly. It, it's a match. It's a match made in heaven. It, it would be. Auburn's a big-time program. That's a big-time job in the SEC. We shall see. Brian Harson fired halfway into, or a little over halfway into, year two there at Auburn. I
4: mean, that poor guy never – that guy, whoever advised him to take that job, you know, they didn't understand the history of Auburn. It's like when Gary DiNardo took the LSU job. Like, that's not going to work. I could just tell you it's not going to work. Like, there's a certain – you know, there's a certain kind of thing that you – to be at Auburn. Like, I wouldn't work at Auburn. Uh, you know, I mean, not that I'm a coach, but I mean that that would be hard.
3: The planes down there—it's not an easy gig. It's not. I I have friends that went there, like Harson, and you can read about it online. He went through his a tumultuous time with his family and his private life. That's what happens when you go from Boise to Auburn. It's no. This is a totally different game. Like you totally are under a microscope world. that you're never ever prepared for, unless you've been around it. Yep, no doubt. Okay. Seattle, excuse me. The Giants and Seattle game was not pretty. It's a 27-13 winner for Seattle. They ended up closing three, so they do cover the number. Again, it wasn't pretty. Um, They don't need to be aesthetically pleasing, but this is a Seahawks team. All of a sudden, you do realize they're in first place in the NFC West. I mean, this is an amazing story from Carroll and Geno Smith this year so far.
4: I mean, Carroll's got to be considered coach of the year. I mean, what he's been able to do, right— you know, think about this. Pete Carroll's got trophies on. the on. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame, whether the betting community wants that or not. But Carroll's got a lot of wins. He's got Super Bowl trophies. He's done a remarkable job. He had stature and clout. So when he decided to go with Geno Smith as a starter, nobody bucked everybody in the media, me included, said, how could you do that? How do you, can you go on summer vacation? And yet he did. And he was proven right. And, you know, whereas Matt Rule didn't have enough skins on the wall to say, I want to go with P.J. Walker as my starter, right? And, you know, and he had an owner who was going to give him a short leash, and after five games, it's over. So they went this way. But I think the bigger story here besides Geno, I think the bigger story is how they've improved the last three weeks defensively. I mean, because when we watched them at the beginning of the season, they were putrid. They were just – it was it looked like you could, they couldn't stop anybody against air right they you could move the ball up and down yesterday not that the Giants are explosive by no means but they held the Giants at 3.5 yards per play right I mean they didn't give up a big play against the Giants the last three weeks defensively they've given up 9 23 and 13 points they played really well they've cut down they've gotten pressure on the quarterback they sacked this they sacked the, uh they sacked them five times yesterday Patrick Daniel Jones yep. they stopped the run game completely. You know, and and they dominated the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter is where the Giants have won all their games. In this game, the Giants had the ball 30 plays in the fourth quarter. They got six first downs, three points. The Seahawks had the ball 14, 16 plays, 14 points, seven first downs. That's where they won the game. A remarkable coaching job. Seattle deserved it. They were in control of the game, and they won it.
3: This defense wasn't supposed to do anything this year and they just shut down Saquon Barkley. No other defense was able to do that. It's really, it's an incredible job by Carroll. And it's, they've got a little momentum. They've got some juice. Throw up those coach of the year odds as we go to break here, Santos. Great job with that. Sirianni's your favorite. Dayball, your second betting favorite. O'Connell, 8-1. Salah and Pete Carroll tied at 12-1. Wait, Pete Carroll and Salah are tied in your market? Oh, hmm. the, I mean, the Patriots they come back, played horrible in one. We come back, a deep dive with our vSIN insider, Mike Pritchard. You're listening to The
4: Lombardi Line on vSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once
3: again, here's Patrick Maher. Lombardi Line on a Halloween as we welcome you back, presented by BetMGM. He's Michael Lombardi, I'm Patrick Maher. We bring in our v host and insider, take a deep dive with Mike Pritchard, of course, former NFL wide receiver, national champ in 90. He represents the north side of Las Vegas, and he says hi. <laughs> north Sider. what's going on, Pritch? How right, are
5: you? Right, right. Uh, Northtown, Northtown. Uh, no, it's all good today, guys. How you guys doing today?
3: We're good. Doing I mean, great after, that great. W-
4: after that weekend, yeah. Mike, we're all good.
3: Yes, yes. The Well, we'll start with tonight. It, and I won't get too too into it, but Pritch has got his boys in the syndicate, and they got a nice little sweat going tonight with a tease. They teased the Browns up to nine and a half. The number is three. It's three and a half at a few shops. Let's, let's start with your analysis here. This is kind of a kitchen sink situation for the Browns, no? They've got to win this football game hosting the Bengals.
5: Yeah, I believe so. Uh, and it's an opportunity, too. I, I mean, this year has really not been... Uh, one of those years that's been predictable I, I think right uh, expected, unexpected and certainly that has happened a number of times this year. Uh, the Bengals th- they're a better team uh, better equipped uh, to play on Monday night on the road and get the job done. Uh, but something about uh, the Browns right now and, and the toughness aspect because uh, that's something that I, I think a lot of teams across the league has captured this year guys and uh, I'm seeing it repeatedly I saw it just this past weekend. Uh, you know, from a toughness aspect uh, and teams just asserting their will that way and getting the job done. So uh, I know they want to run the ball with Nick Chubb, uh, throw it uh, uh, less frequent uh, with Reset if you have to. Uh, but certainly the opportunity on national TV uh, to get inside that number, I, I think it's a good chance. But the teaser really has enhanced uh, that situation. Uh, now, I've hedged uh, on the other side of that, uh, obviously, because I want a guaranteed payout. Uh, but I'm looking for that uh, teaser opportunity to come in for the
4: Browns. You know, Mike, you hit the, I thought you hit the nail on the head. I thought the Raiders went down to New Orleans and I know you do stuff with the Raiders and we both have mm-hmm. an interest in the Raiders, but I thought they went down there, they got punched in the mouth and they didn't come they didn't respond. And I think that this weekend was a lot about that. I think Houston got punched in the mouth by Tennessee and didn't respond, you know, and, I think that this is about toughness tonight. I think this is about what's your will? How tough are you as a team? You know, you've got all this stuff that you think you're great. You know, we got Nick Chubb. Are you really tough enough? Because the Bengals are wounded. Without Jamar Chase, where are they going? They can't really run the football. That offensive line's not great. They can't protect very well. To me, it Mm -hmm. sets up. But I think if they don't win tonight, it really demonstrates a lack of toughness as their team. Yeah, it really does, Michael.
5: And, uh, you know, we've all been a part of several eras in the National Football League. And uh, I'm seeing that return, the toughness aspect. And primarily because we see nickel defenses out there on the field. We see lighter boxes. We see the spread formations. And uh, it's like when I was in Atlanta and we were running a run and shoot, uh, we didn't have a toughness aspect. So when we played teams like Washington or the 49ers or or the Saints or, or or you know the Rams I mean just several teams back in that day uh, that had that toughness aspect uh we were up against it right and and certainly balance is a big part of that too but the toughness in order to be balanced you got to run the football but the toughness aspect of running the football uh is what a lot of teams are missing and today's college athletes too coming out of college when there is so much spread there is so much look to the sideline to find out what the play is going to be You don't see ISO blocks from a fullback on linebacker. You're starting to see that uh, in the National Football League. So uh, teams have benefited from it, uh, you know, and I I think it's a page out of the 49ers and what they've done with the running game over the last few years. But adding the toughness aspect, uh, Cleveland definitely
4: needs to do that tonight.
3: Saw the 49ers lining up in an I formation yesterday, Michael. Boy <laughs> right. she, I boy Shane.
4: I'm it. telling you, I, I, Patrick. I'm telling you. Look, I'm not a coach, but if I were coaching in college or a pro, I would be in more two backs. I think the fits on run game and two backs is a disaster. I don't think they nobody practices against two back runs. I think it's. I think Jacksonville will struggle against two back runs this week with the Raiders because they don't really see enough of it and they don't get enough of it and i think it would help the quarterback to have a little bit more and i'm not talking about line up in the fullback with you know the old texas off or you know the ohio state run the toss i'm not ta- i'm talking about lead blockers mike said it whams point of entry runs to kind of get some more physicality to your team and make the defense. I mean, Tennessee, even though they're in a one-back, they're really running point of entries, runs. They, they wham you. They fail fan you. They got all different schemes to basically neutralize what you're doing, and I think they're hard to defend because you don't practice it
3: there was also impressed you may have seen this as well there was also a time it was like fourth and a yard and a half jimmy g just quickly went up to behind center under center sn- snuck it for like three yards like is it that yeah. hard right
5: well you know um patrick to answer your question it it's, and it's something uh michael's talking about too and uh it's the self-scout of the national football like everybody uh is spreading the formations and everybody's throwing the ball everybody wants the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, and you know all these prolific passers, these quarterbacks. But uh, how are you going to win games though? Uh, and and if you can find deficiencies on the opposite side of the ball, to me that's the path, uh, the, the easiest path, the victory right there. So, yeah, ISO a linebacker, somebody who hasn't seen that, you're right, since high school perhaps, maybe not even in high school in today's NFL. Like when's the last time you took on a fullback in a hole that way? So uh, I think it's to the offensive uh, advantage, and then. If you're in a situation where you have a new scheme, a quarterback that's not stellar, uh, simplify the offense by running the football that way as well.
3: So this is a game that Michael and I haven't discussed, Pritch. I want to get your take before we get into the, the, the nuts and bolts of Washington's win there at Indy. 17-16, Indy closed a three-point favorite. Washington was down nine with five minutes to play. An 89 drive, scary... T- Terry... Terry McLaurin probably doesn't get the recognition Mm -hmm. because he's in Washington that he deserves. But how about Taylor Heineke? Have you ever played on a team with a guy that the team was just obsessed with? Heineke doesn't have a great arm. He's not a great quarterback. But the team really does galvanize around this guy. Can you think of a player where – because apparently this Washington team is obsessed with Heineke.
5: Yeah, I I saw signs of that last year, Patrick and Michael. I I played with a guy named John Kitna uh, who – Uh, Took over the offense after Mike Holmgren came in for the one year, and we won a division with John Kitna. And and the thought process there was, uh, here's a guy from in-state. You know, when I went to Seattle as a free agent uh, with Randy Mueller out there, and and Mickey Loomis was out there, uh, I did a workout with John Kitna, and he was talking about how we were throwing the ball. They asked me, "What do you think of this kid?" and it's like, you know, he's got a good arm, you know, it delivered the passes perfectly. And I didn't really have to work to catch the ball. And uh, I, I thought the timing was was spot on. Uh, I said, yeah, I think we're going to sign him. We're, we're going to have him in camp. I was like, OK, cool. But fast forward several years. Here he is starting for us with Mike Holmgren, a Super Bowl winning ho- head coach. Uh, and we're going to the playoffs. So Heineke reminds me of that. What he does with his opportunity, though, is key for him. I, I think he's a gun singer. He's that, that, that type of mentality. Uh, doesn't make a ton of mistakes he will make a few uh, but but I can see why team teammates are galvanizing around him and, and supporting him right now
4: yeah I, I mean look and I think to me they they're not they were horrible on third down yesterday what they were two for 12 on third down but he made fourth down plays and mm-hmm. I thought at the end of the game I mean how many times at the end of the game Patrick did you see that Washington had him sacked I mean excuse me Indy had him sacked and he got away he got from away it. From I mean it. he's a little he stronger than you think he is yeah. as a runner. You know, he makes it harder for you to cackle him. So that that that's a game that, you know, it's such a game of inches. I mean, Indianapolis doesn't get that third down. I thought they did, but they didn't get the good spot. He had a punt, it, and, you know, and all of a sudden they make the one play, the the most explosive play of the game. They make it on the last play of the game.
3: Well, in, in a couple of fourth down conversions on that drive as well. As you mentioned, a nice pass yeah. to Cam Sims at one point. Like, and you're right, he was constantly pressured and he does something that Wentz and Wentz is was a very good athlete, but he, they have a terrible offensive front there. The Commanders, Michael and Pritch, and he does he made he he bought time with his feet, and that's something that that Wentz was just a statue in 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 the pocket because Wentz is a much more talented player as far as arm strength, Michael. But Heineke, there's a little something mm-hmm. about him.
4: No doubt. I mean, he and he's you know when his mama lifts him from the crib, he was a quarterback. I mean, he just has an instinct to play the position, and he can play it. He really does.
3: Yep, hundred percent. Okay, so three straight for the Commanders, or as they're known here, the Commodores. (laughs) Uh, The we were just talking about Seattle, the Geno Smith story, and we can continue the conversation when we come back here, Pritch. But it really Mm is—it's an amazing story. Thirty-two years old, he's having a resurgence.
5: Yeah, he really is. You know, what's uh, astounding is, is you know, I don't know how serious the injury was to D.K. Metcalf, but the fact that he was out there for his quarterback, uh, that was incredible. Uh, Lockett, too, had a miserable day. He never dropped passes. He dropped a touchdown pass. He had a fumble uh, inside the 10-yard line. You can suggest, and I'll believe it, to be honest with you, Pete Carroll's done a great job, fabulous job right now. But the support around Geno, the team nature of that football team, I felt that to my screen. Uh, I, I felt the emotion of what that team went through on the sideline through my screen. And and so uh, as a former player, I can respect the hell out of that. Uh, and as a better, I'm looking more uh, to back in the Seahawks in the future.
4: Yeah, no sp- doubt, you know, spor- sports starting sports bettors- this week against Arizona. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: right, sports, right. sports bettors and gamblers alike, they argue over momentum if it exists I don't know if it does but what Pritch just said about Seattle it does feel like once the ball gets rolling there is some energy that's being picked up there uh, It's it's been fun to watch when we come back we'll get a play from uh, on Cincinnati and Cleveland tonight Monday night with Pritch and Michael Lombardi and I have a juicy prop for tonight as well we're back If you dare.
4: To the Lombardi line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. <laughs>
3: Okay, it is the Lombardi line, and we're proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Remember, BetMGM, you get reward points. You can convert those points into free bets, hotel, airfare. It's a loyalty program like none other in the game. BetMGM.com or download the app. Got to be 21 years or older, 1 800 gambler, if you have an issue. Okay, we're back. Michael Lombardi, of course, on Mondays, we take a deep dive with VC host and insider Mike Pritchard, who joins us. And happy to have Pritch. Just quickly, Michael, I got. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones uh, receiving totals tonight set at 40. I went over that prop because I remember, like Njoku's not playing. And that is, right. that was the security blanket for, and Denzel Ward's out as well, but the security blanket for Jacoby Brissett is Njoku. And uh, Peoples Jones has been going over at this total. I do like the over 40 here.
4: I mean, everybody thinks Amari Cooper's the best receiver on the team, but when I watch the tape, you know, I, Peoples-Jones is the guy that shows up the most to me. He's down the field. He's really good catching the football away from him as you know, on nine routes or over routes. He's got a large catch radius. And I think to me, you know, he's a really good player that they underutilize to me. Uh, to, they underutilize his skill set. So I like that prop. I really do. I, you All know right, the other which, thing I would say? Go ahead. I would go under on any Kareem Hunt prop because if they're going to trade Kareem Hunt, if they're going to trade him tomorrow, which they probably will, which, you know, they may get some, why would they play him much tonight?
3: Rich, let's yes. answer that question that Michael just posed, which is a good one. The cream hunt rumors have been floating around for a while. And then also, do you agree a little 40 and a, what people's Jones has had 74, 71, 71. Like he's gone over this 40 total and in Joku, kind of that security blanket missing for Brissette.
5: Yeah, Patrick, to reinforce what Michael was just talking about a couple years ago, the reports had a training camp for Peoples-Jones was that he was lighting it up, uh, right? And that's, you know, beyond Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry, and everybody else that they had. Uh, Peoples-Jones was just lighting it up out there. So uh, his ability, uh, Michael's spot on with that. I I think if they give him the opportunity, uh, he should be able to catch that prop uh, situation for you. Uh, As far as Kareem Hunt, yeah, you, you don't want to risk anything uh if you have a, a significant deal on the table maybe uh you're closer uh than not maybe maybe something happened before the game even but uh, i don't think you'll risk it uh the reason why kareem probably is on the block is that you're pretty deep uh at that position uh right there on that football team so nick chubb to me is is just one of the best runners i've seen in a while uh in the league and more carries for him uh it certainly will help the pass tonight for the browns
3: Denzel ward a miss and joku a miss you know st- when do I, why am i forgetting michael what week does watson come back i'm for some reason it just uh, well, i think my he mind. come
4: back it's 11 i think he can get back in the building after week 9 but then he comes back after the 12th week so he can get he can start to come back i think after week 9 after their bye week i think he can be in the building but then after that he still has some time to sit out
3: and you know pritch that's not easy like, Watson hasn't played football in a very long time. It's, he's walking into a weird spot, right?
5: Yeah, very weird. And um, I, I don't know what that looks like, to be honest with you. I, I, I've never uh, played in a situation where somebody was out that long, uh, even with injury, uh, and then uh, perhaps to come back. Now, I covered the Broncos when uh, Peyton Manning got hurt, uh, and they went with Brock Osweiler. This was his Super Bowl year. Uh, The Peyton Manning effect was real, but Peyton had been with that organization and that team for a while. So, uh, in other words, the belief that you can get the job done, you can win a championship uh, just because that guy's on the field with you. Uh, I don't know if Deshaun will have that impact with this team because he hasn't really been on the field with this team. So, uh, beside the skill set, beside the rust factor, uh, I'm not sure about the emotional lift or impact uh, Deshaun Watson can have for this football team either.
4: No, I mean Deshaun okay. doesn't play defense. I mean, if they don't play all better right. defense tonight, he doesn't play defense. Like all this talk, we got to get Deshaun back. How about if we play defense? I mean, and how about if we not go for it? You know, your guys in your in your in your thing to your your syndicate. I mean. I bet those guys are sitting there like, why is he going for it? I mean, he just gave three points away to the – he just gives points away and he takes points off. To me, this is going to be fascinating, A, how they react to it. Because, look, yesterday against the the Patriots went for it on fourth down. I wouldn't have done that. I think he is the greatest coach of all time. But I I disagree with that one because I didn't think their offense was ever in a rhythm to go for it on fourth down. I would have taken the points. And considering the fact that they got six points without making a first down proves that. So – I think if Stefanski would take points, he might have won two more games.
5: Yeah, yeah. You know, Michael, to answer your question, the syndicates got their popcorn ready because they hedged.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, so they've got well, a 14 Well, that's always a nice teamer. feeling. <laughs> that's <laughs> always a nice 14-teamer that's still live going into tonight. Uh, Pritch's boys uh, from the north side there with a 14-teamer going in tonight. They've got the Browns catching 9.5 for a big payout, but they hedged it, Yes.
5: Yes, absolutely. You got to do that. You got to get the guaranteed payout. But uh, a middle would be, I think you might see fireworks from Northtown if uh, they get the middle tonight.
3: (laughs) Uh, We're going into a bye, as Michael mentioned, with the Browns after tonight. If the defense falls apart again, Joe Woods, does he make it through that bye on the other side? The defensive coordinator, Michael?
4: I mean I think that's something to really talk about. I mean, this is a big moment for him. And against a team like Cincinnati, who he's played pretty well against, right? You know, and they've they've been able the reason they played well against Cincinnati is because they the strength of the Browns is their front. They can rush. And the weakness of the Bengals is their offensive line. And then you remove you remove uh You remove Chase, and now all of a sudden you're going to play zone, but you're going to roll the coverage to T. Higgins and say, okay, Tyler Boyd, Mike Thomas, one of you guys beat us. Who's going to – you know, who's Stanley Morgan? Who's beating us, right? I think they got a good – because Mixon hasn't really been able to get going in the run game because they can't really get any – they play with – talk about a team that plays with no power and toughness. I nominate your Cincinnati Bengals because they're one of those that don't do that
3: either. Do you concur, Pritch? I do. I
5: do. I I think T. Higgins is uh, uh, like a number one receiver, though. And that's what made uh, Cincinnati dynamic last year towards the end, the stretch run towards the Super Bowl. Uh, But the effect of Jamar Chase on the other side of that enhances that. You know, Boyd uh, is a playmaker at times. I think he's more of a possession guy. Uh, But T. Higgins is certainly uh, capable of um, doing something like that in terms of becoming that number one guy there. Uh, but, yeah, defensively, I, I've never been a big fan of Joe Woods as a coordinator, to be honest with you guys. Uh, but they've stepped up this year. I was looking at the stats in terms of touchdown passes allowed. They're at eight so far. Last year was abysmal. Uh, so a good opportunity for them to make some plays right there. But, uh, yeah, T. Higgins, I, I think that the offense a little bit for for Cincinnati is compromised so tonight.
3: Okay we got three minutes left. We'll get a play from you both or a lean from you both on the way out with Monday Night Football. Just quickly, Denver and Jacksonville. Uh, Pritch, I'll start with you and get Michael's take. Yeah. That last drive with Russ completing a mm-hmm. long pass, we're at a place with Russ Pritch where when he completed the pass, I was shocked, right? And <laughs> right. It, it, those were two bad football teams, Denver and Jacksonville in London.
5: Yeah, you know, and, and I'm a big culture, body language guy and Uh, You know, just haven't been on the field, and and when the offensive line is not helping um, Russell Wilson get up after getting sacked, that's a problem, Mm. right? Uh, And I noticed that a little bit. So there's there's some splintering going on in that locker room. You know that, and we've all seen it. Uh, But no, they put together a drive. We'll see what happens for the future if they gain more confidence. But uh, Russell can he's capable of making the bigger plays. We saw that happen. He's second in the league, I think, in. Big play passes past twenty five yards, uh, but yeah, getting in that ball into the end zone uh, at the end of the game certainly helped to cause here for the Broncos.
4: I mean, that's a great observation because you see it with yeah. you see it with with Murray and, and I mean the Cardinals had every opportunity to win that game in the fourth quarter and Murray couldn't do it, and you could feel it with the team around him. I see the same thing when I watch Wentz. There's just sometimes the players don't relate to the quarterback. They just don't – he's he's not an easy guy to get along with. And Russell, to me, isn't. I know Murray is. And, I mean, the body language on the Cardinals, the, what they did this offseason is worse than with the Wilson because they at least had two more years. So, I'm with you. When you don't see the offensive lineman like, when Garoppolo gets hit, those guys are all over him. They can't wait to help him up. It's
3: mm-hmm. a great point. I didn't yeah. even I, – I, now that – Pritch mentioned it. I'm, I'm remembering that exact thing, not getting helped up. It's a great point. Okay, yeah. uh, on the way out, let's go. Cincinnati, Cleveland. I'm going to say three with Cincinnati laying it. And, Michael, you can find a three and a half. Pritch, we'll start with you. Who do you like tonight?
5: Well, I mean, I, I think Cincinnati's got a great chance of winning the game. Uh, like I mentioned before, got a teaser situation with them. Uh, a, middle, a middle would be great. Uh, and so, yeah, Cincinnati by three is fine by me.
4: <laughs> exactly I, I like tonight. the brownies tonight. I like the brownies. They're going on a buy. This is this is the brownie season. This is all yeah. there's nothing. Don't check the bags at the curb. Go all the way through. We got to win this game. We got to figure out a way to win this game. It's on Stefanski. You know, Woods under pressure, but I think Stefanski's under pressure too. He's kind of had a pass. He hasn't been exactly dazzling with his decision making. This is their moment. They're getting a wounded Bengal team. They got to win it.
3: Mike Pritchard, Michael Lombardi. Happy Halloween to both of you. Enjoy the game tonight. Appreciate you.
4: Thanks, Patrick. Happy Halloween. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mark. Uh, Thanks, Matt Santos.
3: Appreciate you, buddy. Every Monday with Pritch. Matt Santos, great job. Appreciate you as well. Big Bets is coming up next. Of course, Amal and Dave. We'll see you next time here on the Lombardi Line.